It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thank you so much for making us a part of your weekend. Coming up on this episode of Locked On Thunder, why this era of the Oklahoma City Thunder has the chance to be the best era of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Why the PG Russell Westbrook Big Three could in fact be better than the Big Three of Serge Ibaka, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook, and even the James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant era. I'll explain all that coming up in segment number one. Also in segment number one, Um, We'll hear from Paul George. We'll give you some uh, audio from the game with the Los Angeles Lakers, post-game with the Lakers, and you can get his thoughts on what the Thunder need to do to move forward. In segment number two, there is a problem brewing here in Oklahoma City and something that kind of set off alarms on Thursday night with the Lakers game, something I don't want to see happen too often But maybe it's something that we ultimately have to live with as Oklahoma City Thunder fans. Um, We'll get into that. And then segment number three, we'll talk about disgruntled players. Dennis Smith Jr. not happy with his role with the Dallas Mavericks. Rick, he's been away from the team for a while. Rick Carlisle has reached out to him. The Mavericks were going to trade him. Now they're not going to trade him. And then you've got the Alex Sabrinas thing in Oklahoma City. And I'm not even sure that the Alex Sabrinas situation and the Dennis Smith Jr. situation are even remotely the same, but how disruptive can one guy be to a particular locker room and what you have to do about those situations? Who's worth saving? Who's not worth saving? Um, We'll talk about all that coming up here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I am a credentialed member of the media, and I've been covering the Thunder now for five years. If you like what you hear, I would ask that you would subscribe to this podcast at LockedOnPodcast.com, 
Also, it's available at Apple iTunes and Stitcher and then via your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play the Locked on Thunder podcast or, hey, Google, play the Locked on Thunder podcast and it is right there at your fingertips. This has a chance to be the best era of the Oklahoma City Thunder. It it really does. And I know that you're going to look back to the James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook era, which never was. I mean, if we're being completely honest about what that era was with the Oklahoma City Thunder, it was a never was era. It was an era that garnered you one trip to the NBA Finals, but disappeared before it had a chance to really get built into anything. Now, getting into the conversation about blaming Sam Presti or James Harden or whoever was making the money, whoever was pulling the the strings on the money purse at the time for the Oklahoma City Thunder, Clay Bennett, all that is a has been rehashed so much that it's not even worth delving into anymore, at least right now. Maybe we can have that conversation a little bit later. But the reason that I say that this has the chance to be the best era of Oklahoma City Thunder basketball is because of one thing, it's maturity. Russell Westbrook losing Kevin Durant was the best thing that could have possibly happened to Russell Westbrook. And it wasn't simply because Westbrook and Durant didn't get along and we've heard all the stories now. It was that Russell Westbrook needed to go through a year where this team 100% depended on him to do everything. And Russell Westbrook needed to see how hard that was for a couple of reasons. One, if you didn't already know it, and I have to think Russell Westbrook was smart enough to know it, you knew that you needed a running partner. You knew you needed somebody else to take the load off your shoulders. That in the NBA, teams are too talented for there to be one dominant player and, and he be the reason that that it gets done. It's never happened. Never happened in the NBA. Look at all of Michael Jordan's rosters. One dude's never done it. The other thing that it did for Russ is that when you get somebody coming in, you had an opportunity to sort of handpick them. And you think that Sam Presti would have went to Russell Westbrook. Hey, we're thinking about getting Paul George. What do you think about this? Well, now that Russ had a chance to handpick him and had a chance to see that and had a chance to grow up from the time that he was in Oklahoma City, then now you you know Russ is all right with Paul George overshadowing him because that's what's happened this year. Paul George has overshadowed Russell Westbrook this season. Paul George is the guy getting mentioned for MVP. Russell Westbrook is not. And because that is the case, there are times where I think about, well, Russ is going to pull the Russ needs to get his, Russ needs to get his act together, etc. And we've only seen that a couple of times from Russ this year. One of those times, Paul George was out. And then Russ went off and it it was because he knew he needed to go off. But Russ also did a great job of making sure that that other guys got involved. And through learning from Nick Collison, through learning mainly from experience, Russ has had a chance to grow. PG is melted into this team. That toughness that everybody thought Serge Ibaka was going to bring, no. Steven Adams has that toughness. He has that it factor that Serge Ibaka never had. Like, I was never really worried about Serge being a tough guy. Steven Adams is a tough guy. 
And one of the things I probably should have said in the last podcast, which is why I'm so glad I'm doing two, because it's like, oh my God, I had that thought in my head and didn't didn't talk about it. With Steven Adams being a tough guy, he's not a goon. He's not a Bill Laabeer guy that's going to cheap shot someone. Now, is he going to get in there and bully and fight with guys like Rudy Gobert and and Joel Embiid, who he's playing today, or anybody else? Yeah, of course he is. But he's not a bully. But he has that grit and that toughness. Um, Dennis Schroeder, I want to figure him into this conversation, but I don't know how long Dennis Schroeder is going to be with this team. And if I thought that Schroeder was going to be around a little bit longer after this year, I think you put him into the mix, um, which you got to think Sam Presti's trying to figure out a way to keep him around. But, hey, luxury tax and salary caps and what you can get on the trade market are ultimately going to make the, the difference there. But there's just something about this team that they have that intangible thing that I don't think any Thunder team has had that, that just that it factor overall going back to that word and not trying to be redundant that that one thing that can help put them over the top the problem is the problem and just like last year is that they're too streaky for Oklahoma City to really feel like they're a threat in the playoffs right now but that can all change throughout the year there's time to turn this around but it has to start sooner rather than later and the Thunder right now they they are beginning a tough stretch in Philadelphia we start off with Philadelphia, and it's a tough three of four on the road, two games on the East Coast, and then you fly all the way back to the Pacific Northwest or close to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, what the hell? Oregon's in the Pacific Northwest. Take on the Blazers before you come back home and get a couple of days off. And your your welcome home party, I love this. Your, your welcome home party is against New Orleans, and then that'll be followed up with Milwaukee. And with the Thunder, there just aren't any give-me games right now that you feel so utterly confident that, hey, they're going to go out and beat this team. I'm worried about that Knicks game on Monday. I really am worried about them playing New York and showing up and actually being good. And we talk about all these guys that just go off on Oklahoma City. Watch it be Ennis Canner. Um, With that, let's listen to Paul George. Here is Paul George after the game. And the thing I do like about Paul George, other than the fact you have to wait on him for a while now, He's kind of got Russ syndrome. Sorry, but I do have to throw that out there. I think we waited 45 minutes to talk to Paul after the game the other night. Sorry, that's just me complaining. Um, the, the thing I like about Paul is he always just seems to have a good perspective. And if you're looking for that cliche, never too high, never too low, it's definitely Paul George. Um, I mean, they, they made some big ones. Uh, they made some big threes. Lonzo made some big threes. Step back deep ones. Um... That's just what happens, you know, when, when you give a team some confidence. I think you guys, I, I know you scored enough points to win the game, but I think you guys only shot like 32% in the paint. Can that have an effect on the defense on the other end of the floor when you're getting downhill, getting to the rim, and then not able to convert and finish? Um, I just, you know, I, it's always tough when you don't convert, period. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tougher for teams. To come down and score on on set defense, you don't make shots or you don't score, uh, especially when you attack the paint. Uh, nine times out of ten, it's either Russ or myself that are behind. Um, so it, it it makes it tougher to guard when your defense isn't set. And uh, offensively, especially when you're a young team, they they get out, they run, uh, they play fast. Um, 
It definitely helps in their advantage. Well, you guys have lost, I think, five out of six now. And most of these are two teams I assume that you think you should win. Are you guys frustrated? What's your mindset right now? Um, I mean, obviously, we want to win those. Um, and we know that we're supposed to win those. Um, but it's a marathon. We'll clean whatever we need to clean up. Um, it's good. It's good for us to address this and, and have something that we need to work on going forward um, just to get better as a group. Is there a chance you guys are playing down to your competition? Because during this slump, your two games against San Antonio, the best thing, you beat them and went double overtime down there with adversity. But against the other four, you've, you've lost. Um, you know, it just we're just not getting it done. Um, that's as simple as it is. We're just not getting it done when we need to. I was going ahead. You have uh, Philly coming up on Saturday. Just what do you want to see out of your team? We got to play. You know, we got to play. Um, it is what it is. We got to get back to what we what we've been doing um, and just playing at a high level. That's when we are most effective. Paul, you guys, you know, through a lot of the early season, kind of struggled shooting the ball, had some inconsistent offensive games, and that's kind of come back up over the last couple of weeks, kind of coinciding with your defense kind of slipping down. Is, are those two things related? When you guys were winning, it was really relying on defense. As your offense has come up, have you relaxed a little bit on the defensive end? Um, no, I, I, there there has been a drop, but I don't necessarily think you know we've relaxed in that in, in that area. Uh, we just we're not getting the job done right now. Um, there's no way to uh, kind of make an excuse. We're just not getting the job done right now. You went basically the you know you didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter. You finally got a look there, and then overtime. I assume maybe your rhythm was a little bit off. What did what was kind of going into you maybe not getting a look in the fourth quarter? Uh, no, I, you know, they've been loading up. They was loading up on me all game. I was, uh, you know, trying to find the open guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fur got hot, made some big shots. I was continuing to find him. Um, you know, it's it just got to get back to that. When we were winning, um, I was just allowing the game to come to me. I uh, wasn't pressing for nothing. So that's how I approached it tonight. Defensively, Gary seems to be the most concerned about the three-point line. When you look at the past few games, are there consistent issues that they're propping up, or has it changed from being the same? No, I mean, again, we've been seeing the same um, offense. Teams are running the same stuff. Um, again, it's just we're not getting the job done. Another good article you can find on Paul George's on ESPN talk about him being the most disruptive player in the NBA, and I tweeted that out today, and it's already getting hate. Totally getting hate today. I am surprised. And how many people are uh, hating on Paul George? I would have thought that that it would have come from. I would have thought it would have come from Laker fans who are still upset about Paul George not being in purple and gold. But right now, it's all coming from Jazz fans who are pissed off. And and look, I love Jazz fans, so I don't know where all, where all the hate is. So if you're a Jazz fan and you're listening to this episode of Locked On Thunder, uh, tell me why so much hate. Tell me why so much so much hate towards towards Oklahoma City because I thought the whole thing was Oklahoma City rooted for Utah when they didn't play Utah and the Thunder and the Jazz rooted for them but maybe I'm totally wrong on that. Um, speaking of rooting, there is a disturbing trend starting to happen in Oklahoma City. And I'll tell you what that is next here on Locked On Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you like what you hear, you can always subscribe to the Locked on Thunder podcast. All you have to do is go to Apple iTunes. You can subscribe there. You can go to LockedOnPodcast.com. And you can just go to your smart speaker and say, Alexa, play Locked on Thunder podcast. Or, hey, Google, play Locked on Thunder podcast. We also have Locked on Sooners available, um, which is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And um, there's also several other podcasts that we're doing, not only just the NBA, but the NFL and college. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Disturbing trends starting to happen in Oklahoma City. One that's that's very alarming to me, and that is the sheer number of Laker fans that were in the peak on Saturday. And what I don't want to see happen, or not, not Saturday, how about Thursday? Yeah, sheer number of Laker fans that were out there on Thursday. Okay, I've now, now I've got it. What I don't want to see happen with, with Laker fans or Warrior fans, and actually I'm really not worried about Warrior fans because ever since Kevin Durant left and went to Golden State, you don't have near as many Warrior fans showing up to the game. Now, when Kevin Durant wasn't with GSW, that game I can remember it was the same. It was the same year. It was the last year Kevin Durant was here. There are a lot of Warrior fans that showed up for that Saturday night game where Steph Curry hit that 54 foot shot for uh, Golden State to to ultimately win it. But I don't want to see happen in Oklahoma City what happens in Phoenix. If you've ever been to a Diamondbacks game and the Cubs are in town. That place gets overrun with Cubs fans. One, there's a lot of people from Chicago that migrated out to Phoenix because they got tired of living in the cold weather, so they went someplace where it's exponentially warmer. And you also have all the people who are my age, a little bit younger, who glommed onto the Cubs because of WGN, and this is their opportunity to go see their team. But they will overtake that stadium And you can hear, let's go Cubbies. If you ever go to an Arizona Cardinal game and the Steelers are in town, Phoenix is a huge Steeler town. They overtake that stadium. In Dallas, Dallas is one of the worst. Cowboy fans, especially when that team is not good, become very apathetic. And they will sell their tickets. And when the Philadelphia Eagles come to town, they can overtake Jerry World. They've overtaken Texas Stadium before. Who else has done it? The Raiders the, the Raiders fans can do it. They do it in Arizona. And in Oklahoma City, we have done a really good job of protecting the peak. There has been a really good home court advantage. Matter of fact, there's the new hashtag, protect the peak. I'm going to start that. I'm going to start that if I, I hear a lot. But the, we've done a really good job of protecting it. And I get it. Laker fans, there are a lot of people who are still Laker fans who did not grow up with the Thunder. They may live in Oklahoma City. But they grew up rooting for the Lakers. The Lakers are in town a couple of times a year. They're going to buy tickets. They're going to wear jerseys. 
But every time Kyle Kuzma hit a shot on Thursday night, Kuz was like, whoa. I ain't seen the Lake. I saw the Lake. I saw Laker fans so prominent when Kobe played his last game, his second to last game in Oklahoma City. And I understood that. And I would have understood people coming from around the country to see that because, hey, it was historic. And I understand you're always going to get LeBron fans and so forth and so on, Celtics, etc. But I don't ever want to see a day where even if the Thunder aren't as good as we think they should be, where Thunder fans start selling their tickets to the opposing team. And the peak is not the home court advantage that it should be. Now, you can look at the Thunder's home record this year and say, well... It's not as big a home court advantage as it once was. And I'll I'll give you that. I mean, records do make everything. But this was the one place that opponents dreaded to go. Opponents did not want to come to Oklahoma City because they knew the crowd was going to be loud. They were into it. It was that college atmosphere kind of thing. But as the Thunder have now been here 11 seasons, people in Oklahoma City are starting to get a little bit more acclimated to the NBA. And as a result, you're getting a lot more laissez-faire fans about it, which is you take a game on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night, like the Lakers were, starts at 8.30, you've got work the next day, kids have got school, people are backing off going to those games as much as they were, um, they're not going as much as they were earlier in the Thunder's history because, hey, it was still new, it's not new anymore. Now, the Thunder are winning, and Paul George is fun, and Russell Westbrook's fun, but the little bit of that newness is wearing off, and whatever whatever the organization has to do, which I don't think you're the organization you can really do much, because there are, there are, certain, um, there are certain teams, the Diamondbacks being one, where if you're sitting in certain seats, you can't wear any of the opposing team's gear. I don't, I don't buy into that, okay? Make your team better. People will come see them, is what I've always said. But some of this also falls on the fans where, yes, the the team has to be good. The organization still has to pump money into it, and they've got to give you a reason to come out. But you've also got to take a little bit, bit of pride in your home court. And I don't know if you were as alarmed or as turned off as I was on on Thursday, which here's the other thing. I don't hate Laker fans at all. I actually like Laker fans. They remind me of Yankee fans, and that's cool because most Laker fans have a really good sense of history, and they're very fun to talk NBA basketball with because they can go back even before the Showtime Lakers and have a really good conversation with you. Same with Celtics fans. But I do think that you as a Thunder fan, that's just something to keep in mind that when you're selling your ticket... Find out who you're selling it to if they're going to be in the game. And, well, hey, if you still need the money, you need the money. And and that's what it is. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We will close things out on this podcast. Talking about dealing with disgruntled players. Talk about Alex Smith or talk about Alex Sabrinas and Dennis Smith Jr. next on LOT. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get Locked On Thunder by just saying to your smart speaker, Alexa, play the Locked On Thunder Podcast. Or hey, Google, play the Locked On Thunder Podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available at LockedOnPodcast.com, also available on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And feel free to subscribe and rate us five stars if you think that we are worth a five-star rating. Oklahoma City Thunder playing the Philadelphia 76ers today. Um, at least that's when I recorded this particular podcast. And Alex Sabrina is still listed as out. And I haven't seen anything on Twitter to um, dispute that at this point. And I'm sure Billy is, has already done his... Um, Billy, yeah, Alex Sabrina is still out for uh, personal reasons. Still still looking at yeah, looking now. If there's anything from Royce, if there's anything from Red Dawson, since I didn't get a chance to go to Philadelphia. Uh, but at this point, Alex Sabrinas is out, and Dennis Smith Jr. has been out for a while with the Mavericks. And unlike the Thunder, it's gotten out that Dennis Smith Jr. is really not happy with his role in Dallas. And he's taken a leave of absence from the team, or he's just gone away, and he's been listed out for several reasons, personal being one of them, I, I, I think. And Rick Carlisle is reaching out to him. The, the, the Mavericks were thinking about trading him, but Rick Carlisle has now reached out to, to Dennis Smith Jr. To try, to try and get him back in the fold. And I'm not saying, I mean, again, let's just not understand, since we don't really know what's going on with Alex Sabrinas, and I don't know if it's the fact that he's disgruntled, I'm not saying that right now. But let's say for sake of argument, <laughs> I'm going to pull this off, uh, let's say for sake of argument that Alex Sabrinas is in fact disgruntled with his role in the Oklahoma City organization. Well, if you're Alex Sabrinas and you're disgruntled with your role, unfortunately, you're on the outside looking in. You don't have enough clout, enough power to really go to Sam Presti and demand certain minutes or demand to start or you can't do that with Billy Donovan. And the Thunder are simply going to look for a way to get you out of the organization, whether it's release you and pay you out or whether they're going to trade you. And I, in, in dealing with disgruntled players, this is a really delicate situation because what I don't believe in is I don't believe in giving up on somebody that's talented. If they're talented and they can help your organization win, you've got to figure out a way to work with them. Now, sometimes you come to an impasse where what they want and what you need are two totally different things. Reggie Jackson wants to start, which I think Reggie Jackson probably could have started. Um, And I would also think that if that was something that James Harden really wanted, you could have figured out a way to start him too. Both of those guys were talented enough. You're saying, hey, Russ is going to play the one, you'll play the two. When Russ is not on the court, you play the one. Easy, easy way to, to do that. But if a guy like Reggie Jackson, and we'll just use him as an example, or Dennis Smith Jr. says, not only do I want to start, but I want to be marketed better. I want to be marketed just as much as Luca is being is being marketed. And I don't feel like you've treated me the way that you've treated him. 
Not saying that he's not better and doesn't deserve what he what he's getting, but come on, man, put my face on some billboards. Put my face out front. Sell some of my shirt jerseys, whatever. If you get to that point and you're the organization and your response to him is, well, get better and people will buy your stuff, then you have got to get rid of him because you have determined that he is not worth that. And I think that, to me, that is a small price to pay. If a guy comes to you and just wants to be on a freaking billboard, put him on a billboard. Um, how how difficult can that be? Hey, I want to be on a billboard. I want to be featured out front. I want to be uh, one of those guys on the black and white photo like you did with uh, th- that you did with PG and, and Russ last year. And you can always come back, well, we only market these three guys because they're our three most popular players. But if it means that much to you, we'll go ahead and do it. Little things, give in. Then you can decide what to do with them afterwards. I, you can't always placate the disgruntled individual. You just you can't as a boss. But at times, it pays to give in to some of their demands, especially if they're small demands. If they're small demand, demands and it's not going to be a disruptive force in the locker room, go ahead and do it. And I understand sometimes you give into small demands. There's that chain reaction where, well, if he got this, I want this. You've got to know know the room, know your players, know who you're dealing with, know who you're not dealing with. But I just see way too many organizations go, all right, that's our line. You've stepped over it. You're gone. And I would hope that that is not the case with Alex Abrinas or anybody else in the Oklahoma City Thunder organization. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. We'll be back on Monday. We will podcast after the Knicks game. To break that down, give you instant reaction on how the Thunder played that particular day. Remember, 11 o'clock tip-off in Oklahoma City. And until Monday, we wish you nothing but the best. May God bless you and your family. Be excellent to each other. Everybody love everybody. And peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.